Artemi Panarin for MVP. The Breadman goes off for a hat trick, and the Rangers once again respond to a loss by crushing an opponent in dominant fashion. We break it all down on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 972 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Rangers, once again, uh, they, you know, respond to what was a disappointing loss the night before. And uh, they come back in the second game of a back-to-back. That's another thing. You know, we talked so much about how the Rangers have responded to adversity this season and been at their best far more often than not following a loss. They come back and they uh, often beat their opponent, no matter who it is, and fairly convincing fashion. That was also the case here. But I think it was even more impressive when you consider the fact that, you know, the Rangers lost to the Panthers in kind of a little bit of a gut punch fashion. You know, they were down 2 nothing on the road, came back and tied it, down 3-2, came back and tied it, gave up a goal in the third period and lost that game 4-3, to just kind of a slugfest back and forth game. Nobody played any defense, but it was still a, you know, high energy, uh, high intensity game. And the Rangers came up short and then they got to respond uh, the following night against a team that, has, uh, you know, obviously had a lot of success recently and been to the Stanley Cup final in, in three of the last four seasons. And they do exactly that. And they not just beat the Lightning, uh, they beat them down in very convincing fashion. The only stretch of this game where I thought maybe Tampa had the better of play was kind of getting late in the second period. That's when they got their goal. But of course, the Rangers had a nice response there. And we're talking about that sequence a little bit later in today's episode here. But Man, I can't go a second longer here without talking about Artemi Panarin and uh, the work that he did in this game, obviously getting the hat trick and the overall performance of the Artemi Panarin line, which of course also includes Vincent Trocek and Alexi Lafreniere. And, you know, just watching this line, even right from the opening phase, or well, they were on the ice for the opening phase off, but you know what I mean. The start of this game, uh, from their first shift to pretty much the end of the night, it was just pretty obvious that Tampa was going to have no answers uh, for this line, for this trio. They weren't going to be able to contain them. They weren't going to be able to skate with them. And frankly, the Tampa Bay Lightning in this game had no interest in working as hard as this Ranger line did in this game. That This line just outskated them. They outworked them. Uh, they were locked into every single shift. They were on a mission to go out there and play big-time quality hockey and produce scoring opportunities every single time they were on the ice. The uh, Panarin line, that is, of course. And what a night. Panarin with the hat trick. Vincent Trocek with a goal and three assists, and Alexi Lafreniere with two assists. And those three players combined on the night uh, to be a plus 10. Now, obviously, that somewhat stands to reason because they're line mates. They're very often going to all be on the ice together when a goal is scored. And, of course, the Rangers won this game 5-1. to one. So the plus 10 kind of comes with the territory, but it's still pretty cool to talk about. You know, obviously, three players combining for a plus 10. Uh, that's going to be a win for your team, no matter what three players uh, you're talking about there. That, that That's almost always going to result in a win for your team. And of course, that was the case here uh, for the Rangers against the Lightning. But, you know, to 
focus in specifically on Artemi Panarin. And I don't do that lightly because, you know, Lafreniere was awesome in this game. Trocek was awesome in this game. Trocek, you know, actually had more points than uh, Panarin did. And I've been seeing Trocek's praises all season. Love the pickup when the Rangers made it. And uh, he's playing better than he maybe ever has in his NHL career. But we got to talk about Panarin because he's just strengthening his case for a potential Hart Trophy. I think that's certainly on the table. Uh, he doesn't quite lead the NHL in points. I believe there might be, I want to say three players in front of him right now, but it's not always about points. It's about you know, the value added to your team. And Panarin, once again, just uh, killing it for the Rangers in this game against Tampa. And again, first couple of shifts, you could already tell this line was going to have a, a strong night. Uh, the effort was going to be there the entire contest. And you have a really tough time uh, even controlling them, much less stopping them. And you've got a situation here where the Rangers take an early one to nothing lead. I believe this was only about two minutes or so into the game. But you got Trocek applying pressure. He's in on the four-check. Uh, Lafreniere then plays the puck into the neutral zone. The puck had come out, you know, just before that. Uh, Victor Hedman tried to get there to play the puck, and he just wiped out. Trocek basically poked the puck right past Victor Hedman. And just like that, you've got a two-on-none. And Trocek's going in toward the goalie, toward Vasilevsky. Passes to his left to Panarin. And, I mean, the way Panarin is going right now, he's just not going to miss this shot. He's part of a two-on-none, and he's receiving a perfect pass. In deep, yeah, Panarin's going to score on this one. Indeed, he did, and um, that gave the Rangers a one nothing lead. And, of course, they were on top for uh, the rest of this game, which is about 58 minutes. And a you know, brilliant play by Panarin on this as well because he did have a uh, Tampa Bay back checker, you know, kind of, you know, breathing down his neck, basically, and getting close to him. But Panarin, you know, as the pass is coming toward him, uh, he's able to use his stick to basically just brush the stick of the Tampa Bay defender away and then receive the pass and score. Just a brilliant play all around by all these guys and uh, one to nothing in favor of the Rangers. And really with Panarin, you know, it's not just about the points. Of course, that's going to be the headline grabber and, you know, the, the player that wins the Ted Lindsay, the player that wins the heart and all that. It's obviously very often going to be the player with the most points in the league or close to the most points in the league. But Panarin just goes to work every single night. You know, the first couple of shifts here, he's in there on the four check. He's battling for the puck along the boards. Um, he just he, he just seems like he's always wearing his hard hat this season. And that's been very, very impressive and obviously a huge part of the Rangers' success this season. He doesn't take any shifts off. Uh, he is a man possessed out there this season. And again, you know, getting the hat trick here, this is something we've talked about too, but shooting the puck far more often this season. I've talked about this before too. There are a lot of goals, not so much the one I just talked about, but there are a lot of goals that Panarin has scored this season where he wouldn't have even shot the puck in other seasons. And that, that's not because he can't, that's not because he's afraid to, it's just because he thinks of himself as a facilitator, as a passer, and he wants to set up his friends, uh, you know, for those easy tip in goals. And that's all well and good, but uh, Panarin shooting the puck more often, and it's leading to what is probably going to end up being the best season of his career. I just got done talking about how it's probably Trocek's best season ever. It's probably going to be the same thing for Artemi Panarin. Uh, Ted Lindsay or not, hard or not, this is probably going to end up being uh, Artemi Panarin's best season ever. So to keep everything rolling here with the uh, second goal that Panarin scored, You've got him knocking the puck away from an opponent in the Rangers zone. So he starts this whole thing with a defensive play in the Rangers zone. Gets the puck free. Uh, puck goes into the neutral zone. And a little bit of a battle for the puck between the two teams. Trotrek wins a 50-50 puck because, of course, he did. Gets it over to Panarin. Panarin right at the center of the ice. Uh, it's basically him against the Tampa Bay defense. He's got a couple of defenders in front of him. And the Rangers, you know, the, the other forwards on the ice had not yet really caught up to Panarin. Didn't matter. Uh, Panarin just moves to his right a little bit snaps off a shot and um, scores. And at that point, it was the third period. And that made the score four to one in favor of the Rangers. And then to complete the hat trick, the Rangers end up with a four on three power play for 35 seconds. 
And as it turns out, that's all they needed. Uh, you've got the Rangers' usual power play unit on the ice, minus Trocek, of course, because they only can have four players out there. But it's funny because you're watching, you know, you got Panarin, you got Fox, you got Mika, you got Kreider. Nobody else on the Rangers, given the score in this game and given the situation in this game, it was 4-1 to one and obviously getting very late. Neither of those other three guys were even going to think about shooting the puck. They were just going to keep passing until Panarin basically uh, decided to take the shot. We had Panarin and Fox, a little bit of pick, pitch and catch. Panarin was down, or rather Fox was down, kind of low around the goal line. And uh, Panarin to Fox, Fox back to Panarin, and Panarin uh, takes the shot there, and he scores. Did anybody think when Panarin was getting ready to shoot this puck that it wasn't going to go into the net? I mean, he, he's just feeling it right now. He is on a whole nother level. Hat trick number six of his career, and uh, that gave the Rangers a 5-1 to lead and indeed closed out the scoring. And, you know, again, getting back to some of the intangibles, I also feel like just kind of watching Panarin play hockey this year and, and watching him with his teammates, it does feel like he's stepping into even more of a leadership role. Obviously, Truba's the captain. I think he's done a great job and probably should get more praise than he does get um, for the season that the Rangers are ha having right now because when a team is just locked in night to night, it probably reflects pretty well on the leadership group. And obviously, you know, Truba heads up the leadership group for the Rangers. So, I mean, there's that. But also, you know, you got to give props to the, all the alternate captains as well. And watching Panarin, it's pretty obvious that he's helping Lafreniere reach that next level and uh, have the best season of his career. We talked about Trocek and um, the, the season that he's having. And obviously, Trocek's production has absolutely skyrocketed since he got moved from the third line up to the second line with Artemi Panarin. So he's had a uh, great influence on the two of them. And again, just somebody that goes out there and is just going to work every single night. It's not just the points, it's the work ethic. And I think when you've got somebody, you know, player as amazing as Artemi Panarin, who could just kind of skate by on his talent alone. I mean, he's that good. But when he's out there going to work the way he is, uh, I think that just kind of uh, makes a good impression on the rest of the roster. And I think we're seeing evidence of that. Um, cannot say enough about the job that Panarin has done uh, for the Rangers so far this season. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to uh, go ahead and shift our attention to Igor Shesterkin. I think it's pretty safe to say that the former Vesna winner is officially back for the Rangers. So we'll get to that. Going to give Jacob Truba some props as well. Uh, somebody that, you know, I just mentioned this a second ago, maybe at times gets taken for granted at least a little bit. And going to continue our, you know, basically uh, season long storyline here of what happens in the shift after a goal. Uh, the Rangers actually got one here. And we're going to talk about why the tide could finally be turning there. So we're going to get to all that fun stuff in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, you can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can also make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and much, much more. And as I've discussed in the past, you know, I do have a friend, big Giants fan. He always, his strategy is always to bet against them. As he puts it, um, if the Giants win, then that's great because his team won. And if they lose, and that's great too because he won his bet. Just kind of an idea to toss out there at you guys. But once again, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. I uh, do want to once again, as always, say thank you to the everydayers for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. 
our next episode, I think what we're going to do, I like doing this at the end of every month or the beginning of a new month, whatever it might be. We're going to do our biggest takeaways from the month of December for the Rangers. Also still going to eventually get to that episode where we try to figure out the Rangers depth chart once everybody is healthy, if everybody gets healthy this season and everybody's back, what will this team uh, exactly look like at that point? But for right now, uh, let's go ahead and shift our attention to Igor Shosturkin, now 5-0 and in his last five games, has really done a 180 after struggling quite a bit uh, following his return from an injury. Uh, in those five games, of course, obviously, again, now 5-0, and but he has stopped 139 of 147 shots, so just eight goals allowed for Igor Shosturkin in his last five games. Uh, that is a save percentage, by the way, of 946. So he's basically stopping 19 out of every 20 shots that he faces over these last uh, these last five games here. Um, and also, just kind of wanted to point this out because obviously Rangers and Tampa, that's become a pretty big rivalry over the past couple of years. Obviously ignited somewhat by their matchup in the Eastern Conference Final, which of course got very chippy. Uh, but Igor has really owned Tampa Bay lately. Uh, he is now, after this win, 6-0-1 in his last seven starts against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The only loss was a shootout loss, and he did this on his uh, 28th birthday. Apparently, this was Igor's first time playing in the NHL on his birthday. So, hey, happy birthday to Igor Shosturkin. Got to celebrate it in style, making 34 saves on 35 shots. And once again, more important than anything else, getting his fifth consecutive win. To kind of go through some of his uh, his greatest hits from the game, so to speak, you had early in the first period, or not, not necessarily early, but it was in the first period, early in the game overall, uh, Tampa Bay... They did score on a wraparound. It was a stuff-in try. It was 2-0 Rangers at this point. And it was challenged by the Rangers because they felt that uh, Janot had interfered with Igor. Mika Zibanejad was there. Um, it was initially ruled a goal. Once they reviewed it, though, they said that Janot did indeed uh, interfere with Igor Shosturkin. It was not because of Mika Zibanejad. So the goal was overturned. But what's kind of funny here to me is that even when a, a, a call that this one could have gone either way, you know, because Mika was there. And depending on how you interpret the rule, uh, was there any contact with Mika and Janot? Did Mika at all uh, influence Janot making contact with Igor Shosturkin? It's somewhat up for debate. I, I do think they got this call right here. But even when the Rangers finally get one of these to go in their favor, again, one that really could have gone either way, uh, there's still just a little bit of a middle finger coming from Toronto because they call Mika Zibanejad for a penalty on this play. So it's like, okay, yeah, we'll overturn this and we'll – uh, we'll say no goal, but we, we can't let the Rangers off the hook that easy. What, what can we get them for here? And after um, the contact had been made, they also called Mika Zibanejad for a hooking, which it looks like it, it very well could have been, but that just kind of uh, amused me. I'd, I'd be lying if I said that didn't make me smile a little bit. Obviously, it's unfortunate because the Rangers now have to be shorthanded, uh, but just one of those things that just makes you shake your head a little bit. It's like there's never going to be a review that goes completely, completely in the Rangers' favor. Um, but anyway, getting back to Igor Shosturkin here. Second period, uh, really nice sliding save by Igor to his left. This was on a shot from Kucherov. We know he can shoot the puck. It also occurred on the power play, so a big save there by Igor. There was also a four-on-four four for a minute and 23 seconds, not too long after this. And uh, Chernak had a great opportunity from the left side, but Igor squares it up, turns it aside, and we get some loud Igor chants in Tampa Bay. I saw somebody send out a tweet. I, I forget who it was, but... Might just been like a you know ra random Ranger fan or might have been one of the random the the, the uh, Ranger beat reporters. I'm not sure, but I did see a tweet that I thought was kind of funny uh, that they said it's pretty cool how the Rangers have about six or seven uh, different home arenas, and indeed they do. There's a lot of places the Rangers go where there's more Ranger fans than whichever team they're playing. So uh, that's always the case whenever they go to Florida. It was seemingly the case in this game. Honestly, these Igor chants, man, they were giving MSG a little bit of a run uh, for its money, and we know there's nothing like the Garden, but. 
these were loud chants, especially considering that you know this was technically a road game for the Rangers, even though it uh, did not really feel that way. But anyway, we keep going here. Second period. Uh, good play by Igor here. Came way out of his net to knock the puck away from Hagel. Uh, basically, Hagel was chasing down a loose puck in the Rangers zone, and Igor read the play well, came out of his net, and uh, moved the puck away from Hagel before Hagel could get there. Because if Igor had stayed in his net, very good chance that Hagel uh, would have picked this up and gone in on a breakaway one-on-one against Igor. Igor made sure that that did not happen. And then in the third period, uh, got to give some props to Eric Gustafson here. He made a couple of really nice plays. Tampa Bay uh, got a rush into the Rangers zone. I believe it was like a three-on-two. And Gustafson went down, blocked the shot, ended up blocking a second shot right after that. But unfortunately, just kind of a bad bounce here. It uh, goes right to... Um, I want to say Hedman. I think it was Hedman that got the puck here. So great scoring chance for Tampa. I mean, Hedman's got the puck with a head of steam right up the center of the ice here. Igor comes way out of his crease to make the save, uh, one of his best saves of the night. And then one more, you know, crazy chaotic save that Igor made late in the third period. I mean, the Raiders were up by three goals at this point, but still, you don't want to give anything up. Uh, Paul had a chance on a, you know, kind of a late developing breakaway. Igor with a really nice uh, stick save. The puck still kind of trickles toward the net and then it hits off the post and then uh, starts to move away from the net. It got hit by somebody or something and started moving back toward the net. And then Adam Fox is there. Fox initially tried to you know get rid of it with his stick. I think that's what happened. I think Fox tried to clear it out of the crease and it hit somebody and kind of started moving back toward the net. And this time Fox is there. He's like down on a knee and he basically just, you know, swipes the puck away uh, with one hand. So he got a little bit of a help uh, from Adam Fox there. Did Igor Shesterkin, but again, tremendous night for Igor. And I feel like uh, we're getting back to the uh, the territory where we're almost going to kind of undercover Igor Shesterkin on this podcast. You know, sometimes whenever one of the Ranger superstar players is going really good, in a way, they they almost, they don't really fly under the radar. But in terms of what we want to discuss on here, they can because, you know, we're looking for kind of like, you know, the, the biggest issues facing the Rangers and the biggest challenges that they have. And when Igor's Igor, it's kind of, I mean, that's just kind of the long and short of it. Igor's just being Igor right now, and we don't even really need to discuss it that much. I mean, we, we still try to every now and then, of course, and uh, obviously after a game like this and a five-game winning streak, we want to give Igor his props. But when Igor's Igor, I mean, that's all you really have to say. You know, he's, he's one of the absolute best in the league, and obviously he went through a rough patch this season. But if you've watched this guy play hockey for uh, the last five years here, which is crazy in and of itself, but if you've watched that, uh, you should be, you know, fairly confident that he will eventually find his game and uh, he will go right back to being one of the elite goalies in the NHL. I don't know that he'll ever top what he did two years ago because that, again, as we've talked about, one of the best goalies that we've ever seen uh, a goalie have or one of the best seasons we've ever seen a goalie have in the NHL. It, it's tough to replicate those kinds of numbers. You, you just have to be completely lights out, night in and night out for the entire season. But regardless of whether he quite gets that level again or not, he's going to be one of the elite goaltenders moving forward and um, obviously has been exactly that over these last five games here. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. want to go ahead and shift our attention to a big sequence in this game. To me, this is where the Rangers pretty much just kind of put their foot down and um, you know had Tampa on the ropes a little bit. And this was almost... I mean, it's not really a knockout punch because it only put them up by two goals in the second period. But once this goal was scored, it just felt like the Rangers were going to go on their way to a win. So we're going to break down that sequence in just a second, talk about a couple other things as well. Uh, and we will get to that, like I said, in just a second. 
All right, so let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. I want to go ahead and, like I said, talk about this sequence in the third period, or rather late in the second period, that basically paved the way to the Rangers uh, eventually getting this win. So as I talked about, this is one of the only stretches in this game. There was maybe a stretch of like five, six, seven minutes, getting kind of late in the second period, where Tampa found its game a little bit, uh, had the Rangers kind of pinned in their own zone, had a couple of good scoring opportunities, actually did end up scoring their only goal of the game. Uh, but once the Rangers had their response here, uh, that was it. Tampa Bay really never found its game again, uh, at least not at this level. So basically, Tampa scores, and then the Rangers score less than a minute later, and that kind of was the dagger uh, to Tampa Bay. But to kind of get into the specifics here, uh, you've got Tampa Bay um, being denied by Igor Shosturkin. Igor made a really nice blocker save against Stamkos. And again, Rangers were really pinned back in their own zone for a long time here, but they bent but did not break. Uh, a lot of guys were trapped on the ice for a while for the Rangers. Eric Gustafson in particular was out there for more than two minutes. And uh, all this ended with an icing. And then you have, uh, you know, obviously the next faceoff happens and you have Tampa getting another scoring opportunity. And all of a sudden there's a scrum behind the Ranger net. Uh, Sorelli was there. Schneider went after him. And Schneider ends up getting a penalty because he basically uh, caught Kucherov with a left hand. And so Brandon Schneider heads to the penalty box and Tampa goes to the power play and a couple of actually three incredible Igor Shosturkin saves right in a row. Uh, you know, there was a one-timer by Tampa. Igor stopped that. There were two stuff and tries by Tampa. Igor stopped both of those as well. But Tampa Bay kept, you know, basically uh, just sticking with it. Uh, they move move it over to Kucherov. He hammers a one-timer. The net was pretty open at that point because he got Igor, you know, sprawling and making all these ridiculous saves on one side of the net. Couldn't get back over into position in time, understandably so. Uh, but Kucherov scored on the one-timer here. And then when Schneider came out of the penalty box, Kucherov was kind of mouthing off to Schneider. And I get it to an extent. You know, I, I, I understand what happened here. You know, Schneider did catch uh, Kucherov with the left hand. But I do wonder, you know, did Kucherov have a whole lot to say to Schneider when this game was over? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say probably not. So it was nice to see the Rangers obviously respond to this and respond in immediate fashion. Uh, you get a two-on-one for the Rangers. Trocek passes to his left to Chris Kreider. One-timer goal for Kreider. And uh, this was a case here. I'm going to back up and, and break down this whole play here because this was a case of all five Ranger skaters on the ice all contributing in one way or another uh, to this goal being scored here. So to begin with, uh, Tampa Bay gets the puck deep into the Rangers zone and the pucks along the boards. Some really good blue-collar, hard-nosed, just hard play here by Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller. They're both battling for the puck in the corner there. And eventually uh, the puck comes loose. I forget if it was either Truba or Miller but one of them moved the puck you know, behind the Ranger net over to the other corner on the other side of the ice to Blake Wheeler. Wheeler's there. He gets the puck and just a, an outstanding pass by Blake Wheeler. And people, they're, they're, Ranger fans are kind of split when it comes to Blake Wheeler, right? And I, I do think he's picked it up recently and uh, more now closely resembles the player that the Rangers thought they were getting. Um, not going to be prime Blake Wheeler. We understand that he's 37 years old now. But just a brilliant pass up the ice by Wheeler here. Basically just lifted it out of the zone. And Trocek is moving across the neutral zone. I mean, just, just flying. And he basically looked like, he almost looked like a center fielder, like like kind of running down a deep fly ball. Reaches out with his glove, gloves it down. It's at his feet now. Trocek carries it over the attacking blue line. And once again, passes over to Kreider. And Kreider takes care of the rest. Just hammers home a shot. Puts the Rangers up 3-1. to one. I was fired up after this goal. You know, I tend to stay pretty even keeled watching these games, you know, for the most part, but um, I was pumped, man. I just did not want to see the Rangers uh, let this goal get away from them. And to finally see a situation here 
where the Rangers went to work after a goal was scored and get a goal themselves, which is the opposite of what we've been seeing for a lot of the season. Uh, that was awesome too. Uh, we saw them do this a couple of games ago against the Capitals as well. They scored a goal and then scored a goal within the next minute. And here, of course, you know, responding to a goal by Tampa Bay. And this whole thing, this whole topic, you know, the shift following a goal, I'm honestly hoping to talk about it a little bit less going forward because that would, if, if I do talk about it less, that would mean that the Rangers have finally uh, solved their woes when it comes to, you know, that area of their game. Um, we'll, we'll see if that ends up happening or not. But I think it's one of those things where, you know, the Rangers, they don't have a lot of weaknesses in their game that they're off to such an outstanding start this season. So anytime there is a weakness or any kind of liability out there or something the Rangers aren't doing well, it stands out that much more because there are so few of them. And that's been one of the Rangers' only weaknesses, one of their only Achilles heels this entire season. Once again, uh, the shift that follows a goal. But I'm going to put a spin on it here and end, end this kind of section with a, a little bit of a positive. So the Rangers, you know, they, again, they, they have struggled in the shift that follows a goal. We've, we've long since uh, established that on here. But there's not really any, like, tangible reason for it. You know, it's one of those things where I feel like it's just a little bit of a lack of focus. It's a little bit of, uh, you know, taking your foot off the gas, maybe especially if you're the team that scores, you take your foot off the gas just a little bit. Um, I, I don't know what exactly is, is causing it, but there's no reason it has to be this way the rest of the season. You know, the Rangers, I, I feel like it's one of those things – it's not a situation where, you know, you look at other issues that the Rangers might have, like lack of secondary scoring. That's something that comes up every now and then. Well, that's just the way it's going to be for right now because you don't expect Blake Wheeler to become a point-per-game player. You don't expect Tyler Pitlick to be a point-per-game player. So that's an issue that the Rangers are just going to have to deal with and uh, hope for the best as it as it pertains to secondary scoring. But here, once again, there's nothing really stopping them from being a better team on the shift that follows a goal. They can flip the switch at any point. So my question to you guys is, what if this thing that's been, you know, a big-time Ranger weakness for the entire season, or, I mean, we're, we're not even halfway there yet, but let's just say the first half of the season, it's been a weakness. What if that becomes a strength? What's really stopping the Rangers from becoming one of the best teams in the league when it comes to this situation? There's nothing tangible in their way of doing that. I think it just comes down to, again, being a little bit more focused. You know, maybe it's a situation where if you win the ensuing faceoff, just get the puck deep. Don't look to do anything fancy or crazy. Um, just get the puck deep, get the forecheck going a little bit, and um, just make sure you're awake and make sure you're alert and make sure that you understand that uh, it's not break time. You know, it's it's not break time in the shift that follows the goal. That's when you got to be sharper, uh, I would argue, than just about any other time uh, during the course of a game. So maybe they can do it. They, they've shown signs of, of kind of turning the page a little bit here. They scored the back-to-back -back goals against the Caps. And again, re responding here after the Lightning uh, had just scored a goal and scoring what I thought was probably uh, the most important goal of the game that the Rangers scored. Just once again, taking control of the game, going into the locker room, the second intermission up by two goals and um, being in position to you know, eventually just kind of lean on the lightning until they fall over. And that's exactly what the Rangers did. So a uh, quality win all around. I also want to give some props to Jacob Truba. He's been outstanding this season. I, I think there's times where maybe even I on here take him for granted just a little bit, that hard-nosed brand of hockey that he plays every single night. Uh, but he was out there for 23 minutes and 19 seconds. That led all Rangers, even Adam Fox, even Adam Fox did not have as much ice time as Jacob Truba in this game. Uh, Truba also had eight hits, two shots, uh, five block shots, one assist, and was a plus two on the night. And, you know, just a couple of really nice plays by Truba in this game. I mean, the hits always stand out because, I mean, he just unloads on people, and that's always fun to watch. Um, but the end of the first period, you know, Tampa had a chance. There was kind of a scramble in front of the Ranger net, and Truba was able to clear the puck. He hustled back, got the puck out of harm's way in front of the Ranger net. And if Tampa scores there, I mean, you look, the Rangers could still win this game, obviously, but 
It was two to nothing in favor of the Rangers at that point. You don't want to give Tampa some life and a goal right at the end of the period. And uh, Truba obviously made sure that that did not happen. And then I would say maybe the best defensive play of the game made by either team. Uh, you had a situation where uh, Kucherov's going hard to the net. Truba went down anticipating a shot from Kucherov and a nice move by Kucherov. He goes to his left, kind of gets around Truba a little bit and kind of gets Truba a little bit turned around. But Truba, all in one motion, basically swings his stick around down the ice and just whacks the puck away from Kucherov. You know, one of the elite players in this league, Truba stayed with him all the way, uh, had to deal with Kucherov, putting a heck of a move on him, hung in there, uh, got the puck away from him, an excellent play there on what would have been a golden scoring opportunity uh, for Kucherov. And there were other examples as well, but again, Truba just uh, having an outstanding game for the Rangers and continuing what is probably another player. I didn't even plan this. Another player probably having his best season maybe of his career, but certainly I would say uh, with the Rangers. I know there was that one season in Winnipeg where he had like 50 or 52 assists or something like that. You know what? That doesn't even matter. Uh, he did that while playing on the top power play unit. Uh, he's not going to do that with the Rangers, so the, the point total will never be that high again. But as far as just overall all-around game, yeah, Jacob Truba, probably another Ranger, uh, ha having the best season of his career and uh, just an outstanding blue-collar performance by Truba in this game against Tampa couple other things I just wanted to run through real quick here before we uh, call it a day. So Philip Heedle has returned to Czechia, and we're going to discuss this entire situation more in a future episode, uh, pretty much from every angle. Uh, but per a report from Larry Brooks, again, Heedle returning home, Czechia. Uh, this is directly from Brooks's article. Sources have told the Post that Heedle, who is believed to have sustained four concussions throughout his six-year NHL career, in which he has been sidelined for injury 10 different times, has made progress while skating on his own at the club's practice rink over the last four weeks and is committed to returning this year. So the good news there is that Heedle, obviously, you know, he still wants to come back, but I mean, th there's a belief now because they, they, they still won't 100% say that this is a concussion, even though all signs certainly point to that being the case. So if it is, uh, it's possible that this is up to now Philip Heedle's fifth concussion, and he's 24 years old. I mean, it's such a scary situation. Um, I don't know what the future holds for Philip Heedle. I don't know uh, if and when he's going to be cleared. It's one of those things where I don't think it, it's almost impossible to predict. I mean, to me, this seems like a situation where he could be back in a week or, or he might not be back, you know, and you just hope that he's doing all right. You know, not just even from the concussion, but obviously, you know, the, the stress that this is probably causing because you know, I'm sure he wants to get back out there, but he's got to think about his health. And uh, th there's a whole lot going on with that situation. And we'll obviously keep tabs on it going forward. And, um, you know, obviously discuss, you know, what to expect from Filipino when he comes back. If he comes back, do the Rangers have some kind of plan B? Is there somebody in-house that could step in, uh, you know, call up from the AHL that could step in and be one of the Rangers centers? Do they go out and try to trade for a center? We'll, we'll get to all that stuff in a in a future episode. But like I said, for right now, just all the best to Filipino and uh, hopefully, you know, he's doing all right, you know, going through everything that he's going through uh, right now. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention here and just didn't get to it earlier in the episode, but the Rangers, uh, to me, this is another bonafide example of playing a full 60 minutes. And again, it doesn't mean utter domination for 60 minutes, although the Rangers came pretty close to doing exactly that. Uh, Tampa did have a little bit of a pushback in the second period, but yeah, man. I mean, the, the Rangers, you know, they from the opening faceoff, they really never let up in this game. Even when Tampa was getting its push, uh, the Rangers weren't really necessarily doing anything wrong. Tampa was just playing a little bit better at that time. But everybody's locked into the game. Everybody's contributing. Um, and this is, again, you know, just a very well-rounded, uh, very talented, very, um, you know, 
just good Ranger roster. Uh, a lot of players that bring a lot of different things uh, to the table. And I, I don't think there's really any glaring weakness from the Rangers. And uh, that's especially true when you can go out there and play a full 60. And that's what the Rangers did. And Tampa took them a while to wake up in this game. And obviously it cost them. The Rangers got a couple of uh, early goals and they were well on their way to what turned out to be a lopsided win. Um, future episode two, I also want to talk about the January schedule a little bit. We'll get to that at a certain point. Just kind of break down everything that's forthcoming uh, for the Rangers. And a stat that I've gone back to every now and again on this podcast, and I'll continue to do it as long as this stat stays intact here. It won't stay this way forever, but we'll enjoy it while it does. The Rangers have lost back-to-back games a grand total of once the entire season. They are now, after this win, they are now 9-1 and in the game that follows a loss. Uh, we are 35 games into the season. We are 35 games into the season. The Rangers have had one losing streak. One. And that losing streak was two games. So pretty crazy to think about. It's just incredible consistency. And I just think it speaks to, uh, you know, the the focus and, and the urgency of everybody from the coaching staff to the players. Uh, these guys come out and they battle every single night. And uh, there have been very, very few clunkers this season. And, and anytime there has been one, man, they're, they're right back on track the next game. So that's obviously uh, very cool to see as well. And last thing I just want to say is Happy New Year to everybody. I uh, hope everybody had fun, stayed safe, and uh, ready for a good 2024 for the Rangers and uh, for everything else going on in everybody's life. So uh, yeah, again, thank you guys as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.